0: Hello and welcome to the G2 Podcast. I'm really looking forward to talking on this topic. We've, we spoke about this a few years ago. Uh, we did this series and we really felt like it was the right time to return to it. And I just wanted to say a little bit about why I think that could be helpful for us as a church community. I think, well, it's, it's not just what I think, it's true. We're quite a young church. There's lots of young adults in this church. I think after COVID, there's a significant shift that's happened in a young adult generation. And not just, not, also, also true for those of us who aren't quite so young anymore. Um, and so we find ourselves in a, in, we've got a different mindset. Um, And what we're looking for from church is slightly different. And I think we we need to look at that and analyse that and ask ourselves questions about that. Ask ourselves, what is church all about? Um, Why are we here? Why are we gathering like this? Because not everyone wants to do that uh, in the same way that they used to. Um, I think G2, uh, Hannah and I were part of G2 when we first started um, 18 or so years ago. And the purpose of us trying to do this is because there's loads of great churches that exist and they do church really well. And there's sort of tried and tested methods of doing church that have, have worked for ages. And they connect with a certain type of person. And we wanted to do church in a different way and explore different ways of doing church. Um, a church community that would connect with the, with other types of people who otherwise might not walk through a sort of traditional church door into a normal service. Um, and so we've always tried to experiment, and we've always tried to try think, uh, do things differently in a way that might not quite have been seen before, or may, and also make it a bit normal in a way that sometimes um, sometimes traditional services can be alienating to some people. So we've always tried to do that. Um, And the kind of person who's been drawn to it, to G2, has been that kind of person that's up for something that's a bit different and always changing and trying new things. Now, I think uh, that after COVID, there's something that's happened within most of us, most of our generation, uh, where really what we need, what we're looking for is safety. We're looking for somewhere rather than a place which is always different and always trying new things. We want somewhere that's safe and reliable. Um, and so as g2 we 've got to i think that 's a challenge for us we 've got to have to look at this because as G two we want to be trying to do different things, but also maybe what people are feeling they need is somewhere safe. so it could feel like a more traditional church would be an easier place or a safer place to be right now so Rather than just not looking at that at all or or not trying to be honest about where we're at, um, I think it's helpful to speak about it with one another and to look at, well, hang on, what is church then? Why are we doing this? And behind that is who is God? Because the only reason we gather is because of him. So that's why we're doing this series on God has a name, because if we know who he is, then we know why we gather, we know who we are, because we're defined by who he is. That really helps. And this series on God Has a Name um, will help us to see how compassionate and faithful and loving and safe God is, which allows us the freedom within community to be able to do things differently and also to be able to find safety uh, within that. So uh, I'm really glad we're doing it at this time. And also, just in preparing for it, I've just got, and, and looking back on that series and thinking back on the early days of G2. I just wanted to say, I just love G two. I love this community, and it's always different. There's always new people joining, and people who have uh, revisited for um, since uh, a year who are members years ago, and people who um, have been a member for a long time that are still are still here. And I just, I think it's a precious community. This one, I love G two. Um, So uh, this series is based on a book by John Mark Comer um, and it's a really good book and it's worth reading if you haven't already um, done so or listen to it on Audible if you prefer to do that way. Um, I I hope you'll really find this series helpful in terms of learning more about who God is. Um, Okay, let me just pray briefly and then we'll get into it. God, thank you so much that you are good, that you are with us, that you're faithful and I pray that you would open each of our hearts to be able to hear from you in a new way today. Whatever it is that uh, is getting in the way for us, there's, every single one of us has things that stop us coming to you and just being more fully in your presence. We all have those things. So we confess, God, that we, we mess up. We, uh, we are our own worst enemy sometimes and we, we let things get in the way. So we just recognise that and we say we want to come to you. And I pray that the words I share will be helpful amen um, so when um, when we named our kids we've Hannah and I have got two kids, Morgan and Aaron you'll have maybe seen them um, and the, their names mattered. It matters. When you pick a name, it matters, doesn't it? So we, we called Morgan that because it means great brightness. Um, I guess morning in German, Morgan. So it means great brightness. Or in Welsh, it means by the sea, Moore. And we liked both of those. So that's why we went for that name. And Aaron means son of encouragement. And so we went for those names because of that. Um, but we also enjoyed other people's names, which are a bit rogue. Uh, you know when other parents name other pe- their kids, and you're like, wow, and that t- and then you react really well. But internally, you've heard that. Because like, is it Morgan who's got a kid called a- Anakin in his class? But that's great. I mean, that's a fun name, but he does end up as Darth Vader. So like, just, just in terms of the direction of travel, I think it's an interesting one. Um, and... Um, there was a story we heard a few years ago of a, a, a teacher um, who, um, she was uh, in parents' evening, the parents came in and, and uh, she said, well, little Theon is doing really well. And then uh, the reveal from the parents was that the, the kid was not called Theon, but they had named their kid The One. Um, so um, let's hope he was an only child, because if he wasn't, then that's problems for number two and three. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> And also, there was a kid that was referred to uh, <laughs> as La. Now he was like the teacher's going, I don't know how to say this, but I think it's La. Like, so, but the kid was like, No, my, no, no, sir, my name's Ladasha. Um, so it's L-A hyphen A Ladasha. So um, that's how you pronounce it. That's how you write it. Anyway, names uh, matter, but there's often confusion over names, isn't there, and, and what they mean. There's certainly confusion over what God means. So if I say to you, do you believe in God, what you've got in your mind may well be different to what I've got in my mind. If you say to people that you work with or at uni with or whatever, um, you know, that you go to church because you're a person who believes in God, what they've got in their mind is probably different to what you've got in your mind. So if we just refer to God, God as God, it's a bit generic. Um, I often think when my friends say that they don't believe in God, I often think I probably don't believe in the God you don't believe in as well. We're probably in the same boat. But um, so somehow we need to try and define what we mean when we say God. And the Bible does loads about this. And yet as Christians, we mainly use the word God ourselves, which just means general deity unknown, unknowing, general deity thing. So, But the whole premise of this whole series is that God has a name. He gives himself a name, so we'll get to that. Tozer says, he's a theologian, he says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. It, It will define us. Whatever comes into your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Because you become like that which you worship. Whatever you think God is like, you will become like that. So if you think he's a homophobic racist, you will become a homophobic racist. If you think he's a lefty tree-hugging eco-warrior, you will become like that. But in truth, what that probably says more about is, um, you you maybe heard this before, is that God made us um, in his image and we return the favour. Um, so we've actually made God in our image. So we, we want to be like that. So we think God is actually like that. As if we're some sort of like accurate barometer of what God is like. We're not. We're just his, we're his creation. We're his children. We're made in his image, but we can't get it totally right just on our own. So we need to look to scripture because it tells us what he's like. He tells us what he's like when he tells us his name. People are thinking of all sorts of stuff. It's like Toby told me recently when he invited some of his football mates to the banquet, um, one of his mates said, "Oh, you you Christians that go to church? Isn't church that thing where if um, you go, but then you don't go, then they 'll hunt you down?" And Toby was like, "Oh, no, that's like Scientology. that's not what we're into. Um, we 're not going to hunt you down." <laughs> um, but that, but isn't that an insight though? Because that's what his mate actually thought. So his mate knew he was a Christian and went to church, and that's what his mate thought he was involved in. And yet, still came to the banquet, which I think is like quite a risk. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, our uh, sister-in-law, uh, who's married to Hannah's brother, uh, Philippa. She she's kind of in. She's probably the one in, in Hannah's family that. Uh, is interested in God. And she asked questions around that, but none of them are Christians, but she's kind of interested. But she said to Hannah recently, when referring to uh, someone who we know who had a child that had died, and um, she said, I don't think I could believe in a God who lets children die. Um, so, th- so we're constantly deciding, if God was like this and this and this, then I could believe in him. But... It, but it's like we're putting ourselves as the barometers of what God is like. And I guess I'm thinking, I don't know if I believe in a God who lets children die per se, like just to, just allows it to happen. But there's a, there's a more complex picture that's going on with things like that. Um, but I think we've forgotten the name of God. Um, now, I do this a bit. I don't know if you're anything like this. So I, I forget names uh, every now and again. Um and I had an awkward instance recently where uh, I was playing golf with... I like to play golf with random people I've not met before in the golf club. It's a way to get to know people and get to be able to share my faith with them. Um, but it's helpful if you remember their name. So I, I played with this guy, we teed off, and it was, it was probably the sort of third or fourth hole. I was like, he's definitely a Tony or a Nigel, but I don't know which one... <laughs> And this is now really awkward. So hopefully the other guy remembered, and he'll say, all right, Nigel, all right, Tone. But he didn't. So then I'm like, good shot, mate. <laughs> and I'm desperately hoping. And he, and he just didn't say it. So uh, in the end, I had to come clear by about the ninth hole. And I said, this is really awkward. I just can't remember your name. And it wasn't that bad. But uh, he told me that he, he was an Nigel, by the way. Um, I know that some of you are thinking, well, you can't not tell us, was he a Nigel or a Tone? Um... But we've kind of forgotten God's name. So uh, in this incredible passage that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks, I mean, you'll see this uh, again and again and again, this, this passage, because it, one thing that's really interesting about it, and it's why it's worth taking note of it, is it's the most quoted verses in the Bible by the Bible. So the Bible itself references backwards and forwards to this particular passage more than any other verse in Scripture because it is the nature of who God is. So so we have this kind of interaction with Moses um, and uh, and God, and he's desperately wanting to know who he is. Um, He's already kind of found that out when he was at the burning bush, and he said, "Uh, what's your name? And he says, I am who I am. But now we find he's after even more than that. So we get this passage here. Moses went up to Mount Sinai. The Lord, which is, we'll get to it in a bit, but it's more like Yahweh, uh, came down in the cloud and stood there and proclaimed his name. Because basically he's like, if you see me, Moses wants to see him face to face. And he's like, that just isn't going to go well for you, Moses, because if you see me face to face, you will just definitely die. So that's just a way, we don't want that to happen because you've got loads more stuff to do. So the best thing for you is, If you hide in a little cave and I'll let my presence pass, my glory will like pass past the cave. And as that happens, I will declare my name and then you will hear it. And that's probably as close as you're going to get. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, or otherwise Yahweh, Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness and maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. And yet, yeah, he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sins of their parents to the third and fourth generation. Okay, first of all, I just want to say don't panic about the, the bit about the kids because it's a little odd uh, and it doesn't mean what it might look like it means on face value. Um, and there's a whole week coming up. Uh, I don't know who's doing that talk, but someone is going to do that. Ah, oh, thanks, Annabelle. Annabelle's going to do the talk about the kids. So, so, and the third and fourth generation. We know, though, on just, just to help you relax, on face value, it can look pretty bad. We know that God doesn't do that, because in Deuteronomy, it says uh, that God says that the children don't have to pay for the sins of the parents. And, we, and also Jesus says, let the little children come to me. Um, he's, th- this is not a God that's going to take out his wrath and give the kids a, a terrible time. Th- this means something completely different, which Annabelle will explain later on. But I'm just mentioning it now in case someone's sitting there thinking, that's so odd. Okay. So names are important in the Bible. And and um, in this passage, God is saying that his name is Yahweh. Um, we see... Uh, so many times in scriptures, in the scriptures, how God uses names and changes names to affect the meaning of someone's character. So Abraham means exalted father, and God changes his name to Abraham, which means father of many nations. And Jacob uh, is called Jacob because it means heel grabber, because he's a twin, and um, Esau, and he comes out literally grabbing the heel. I, I don't think he, I don't think he did, actually. I think that in terms of birth i mean let, those people in the room who have given birth i don't think he was holding onto the that would just be such a bizarre birth but maybe i'm wrong and it actually happened like that i think it's more that he, they came out quickly so it was like it was almost as if he was grabbing his heel um, but in in the course of jacob's life um, he fights with the one who is grabbing the heel of Uh, and in the end, he struggles and wrestles in a tent with the the person of God in the form of an angel, probably. Uh, He struggles with him, and then he says, you've got to let me go, and he says, all right, I will let you go, but only, um, only after, he says, you've got to bless me. So he blesses him and gives him a limp, and he says, I will call you Israel from now on, which means struggles with God. So that's what Israel means. Or Jesus changes Simon's name to Peter, which means the rock and says he'll build his church on him. So names matter in the Bible. And before this, uh, Yahweh calls himself El Shaddai, which means God Almighty, uh, when he's speaking to Abraham. Or some t- sometimes he calls himself um, El Elyon, which means God Most High, or El Olam, which means God Everlasting. So it doesn't take the brightest in the room to work out that El means God. Um, I don't think that's a reference to Stranger Things, um, but L means God, uh, and so the other bits. He's like, I am a God. I'm an L. I am a deity. Because remember, they exist. Other gods exist, and this is one of the things as well in our culture that we've probably forgotten. So we think there is no. There, there either is a God or there isn't. And there's there's one big force out there, or we don't believe in a God. But the reality is there's lots of different gods out there, which is why one of the Ten Commandments is don't worship any other gods apart from me. In other words, there are gods, but don't worship them, worship me. And and that's very different to idols because another of the Ten Commandments, a different one, is don't have false idols. So false idols, inanimate objects that we worship, like if we said, look at this, tree. Isn't it amazing? Let's all worship this tree. That would be an idol because there's no actual power in there. It's an inanimate object, but we're pretending to worship it like an Asherah pole or a totem pole or something like that. Um, whereas, false, uh, whereas other gods are real spiritual forces that do exist that aren't Yahweh. So when they're worshipping Baal, he's an actual force. Uh, and so some of his prophets are able to do things that are like supernatural. But that's different to a, to an idol. So, God is saying, "I am an L, a God, but I am like this." So He already describes Himself a little bit. Um, and when Moses asks Him of what is His name, when He wants to see His face, He says, "Ma Shemo." Uh, which, which actually is, that's a surprise. Now, I realise that some of you in the room are thinking, yeah, that is weird. Why did he say Marshemo? That is odd, because that's the Hebrew for what is the meaning of your name. And as all of you know, um, <laughs> the, the normal thing to have said would have been Mir Shimka. So I realised that that that—that that was like, you're all thinking, that's so odd. Why did he say, Why did he not say Mir Shimka? I would have said Mir Shimka because Mir Shimka means who is your name. And that's what the, in the Hebraic tradition, tradition that's what they would have done they wouldn't have said what is your name they would have said who is your name um, in the in the type of grammar so that's me shimka and that he does say that in, in uh, exodus 3 at the burning bush so he does say me shimka and uh, god responds asher Eya eh, 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 asher eh, which means i am who i am so he does say that at the start but in this instance in in uh, exodus 34 moses is looking for more so he says what's the meaning of your name marshemo and that's why we get a bit more from yahweh than we did in the first instance but in, so he says his name is yahweh and in that translation it says the lord the lord or in 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 often it does say that but that's a bit of a uh, a misunderstanding and we kind of miss who God is if we, say, if we only refer to him as the Lord. It would be like if I only referred to Hannah as the wife, including to her to her face. So if I said, like, the wife, I'm thinking of going to play golf now. How do you feel about that? And she'd have opinions on the golf and the fact that I called her the wife, I reckon. Um, good night, the wife. It has been a lovely day. Um, <laughs> It's just like basically someone's title and their relationship to you, so it's not very personable and relational, so when we pray and we pray to the Lord or refer to the Lord, we're kind of missing uh who he is so and given that he's he's given himself a name so um I think maybe on the next slide we can see how the name uh Yahweh where that comes from because in um in the, in the Hebrew, the way that Yahweh is said, it's very inconvenient to us because it's only written with consonants and it's said only in breath. So uh, <laughs> it's said, Yahweh. <laughs> now, when you're just in normal conversation and you're chatting to your mate who doesn't know Jesus and you're explaining what you mean by God because you don't know what's in their mind and you say, I believe in Yahweh, it's like... <laughs> It, it doesn't always help the conversation to go well. So, um, in in Hebrew, it's only consonants, and it's and it's um, said in breath. But Adonai, which means the Lord, has vowels in it. So basically, what we've done is we've taken the vowels from Adonai and we've taken the consonants from Yahweh, and we've made <laughs> Jehovah or Yahweh, um, how you might say that Yahweh. Um, so and the y and the j are kind of interchangeable in Hebrew. So uh, Jehovah is the and W and V they're same. So Jehovah uh, and um Yahweh are the same thing. And they are a collection of how he says his name but helping us to say it by adding some vowels, which I think he's okay with. Um so um yeah and the uh, the interesting thing with it being breath with with uh, Yahweh being breath and with it being Yahweh whilst it does sound silly to say it 's actually a really helpful way to meditate because God in the Holy Spirit is breath he breathes life into each of us every moment of our day um, and um i don 't know if uh, if you 've ever been there or you might have seen it on um, one born every minute but if you 've been there at an actual birth, it is incredible uh, when jesus when when uh, Yahweh gives life uh, in a way to the to a baby for the first time um, I can remember Morgan being born uh, he was born cesarean section actually emergency cesarean section, so it was pretty dramatic um, and out he came and then there 's a moment when you 're like waiting, you really want to hear that cry you 're kind of waiting is a like we need to hear a cry. And then there's like a, and, and it kind of kicks in. There's some sort of reaction that happens when the skin, when the skin and the oxygen um, mix. And there's a, there's a biological reaction or something where the baby begins to use its lungs. And so it is like it takes a big breath in. Um, I was also there uh, when my dad died 13 years ago. We were gathered around his bed. Um, and as he struggled actually to breathe. It was a difficult moment and there was such peace in the room as well. It didn't make any sense like the peace that passes all understanding as he took his last breath and that is basically. And so when we take our first breath and our last breath and in in every breath we take through it, it is like we are saying the name of God. But I, So I don't think that's necessarily that's maybe quite poetic, I, but I also think it's a helpful way to pray as we breathe in who God is and breathe out who He is. So I'd love us to do that together for a moment or so, just to take take. Let's literally just a minute, just to breathe God's name together. So I'm going to do it like five times on the microphone, and then and then we'll just be together doing it. But you you do it. You join in with me for the five, and then I'll. Put the mic down and we'll do it together for a minute. So just take a minute just to settle yourself. And um, and we'll breathe together. Okay. Maybe that's a helpful way for some people. You might find it helpful to, when you pray. Um, I find it a good way to start praying if I'm on my own, just by fo- a way of focusing. And um, it's kind of stilling, isn't it? Like I often... In meditation, you do some kind of breathing. Well, that's because they've nicked everything that they've got from um, great traditions um, and, and breathing in who the person of God is. is great. Um, the good news is that Jesus is our best picture of who Yahweh is. So Yahweh has a name and he describes who he is, what his character is like, that he is compassionate and gracious. And he does get angry, but he does it slowly. He is just. He doesn't just let things slip. So it's, and we'll get to those different um, characteristics in the coming weeks. But the fact that he has a name is crucial. He's knowable. Um, other gods are not knowable. You can learn about them in other religions, but they're not knowable personally. And so Yahweh comes to earth in human form, in the person of Jesus, One of the ways that we get ourselves tied in knots is to refer to um, the Father in in the person of the the Trinity as God. That happens all the time. We refer to God, uh, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And if we do that, that is such a massive misunderstanding of the three persons of the Trinity because they're all Yahweh, and He He has three persons: the Father, the Holy Spirit and the son Jesus and they have always been in existence the son or the word came became flesh became incarnate in the beginning there was the word and the word became flesh so but it, it, in the beginning he was as well so in the in the trinity has always been and it is yahweh that is god but if we attribute the word god to the father we've missed the father heart of god And we've also forgotten that he's Yahweh in the first place. Um, But Jesus is the most helpful way of seeing what Yahweh is like. And he isn't the nicer, cooler, more chilled out, had a gap year version of the Father. which I think sometimes he can be kind of painted as. He's like a bit, a bit more palatable because his dad's like a bit embarrassing and a bit like always oh, talking about third and fourth generations. This is the same, uh, same God, the same Yahweh. Um, and linguistically, you can pick that up. Um, you see it in, in scripture because Hesed, uh, uh, maybe it's the next... Oh, that, look at those arrows. They're all over the place. Hesed and met. Um, is what is uh, love and faithfulness in that passage from Exodus 34. Uh, love and faithfulness, that in, in Hebrew is head and emet. And uh, truth and grace is how it translates through. So when John says in John 1, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So, when John says that at the start of his gospel, he's wanting to make it crystal clear that this is the God from Exodus. This is the same, this is like the, um, the Yahweh who tells Moses what his name is and what his character is like. This is him come to earth in human form. So, what does it mean to us that Yahweh is knowable, that he um, is interactive, that he. The Hebrew word for changes his mind is naham. So he nahams, he changes, he's flexible, he interacts with us, and he's willing to listen to us. Um, But we can kind of sometimes treat that a bit like our relationship with God can become a bit like a formula, like morality plus religious stuff minus sin, equals God's blessing. Um, And we live our life like it's like that, some sort of a formula, or uh, Bible reading, plus going to church, minus sex with absolutely loads of people, equals God's blessing. And it's just, it's not really like that. That's not how uh, relationships work. But there is some kind of a, a pattern um, and, and the relationship does have a bit of flow in it. So there's a bit of if-then. Like God goes, if my people will humble themselves and pray, then I will heal their land. So there, there is if and thens, which means there's interaction. And he wants us to do that. He is moved by you. Um, in James five sixteen, it says, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It just cannot be effective if uh, God is not moved by us as his people. But it doesn't mean he always gives us the answers that we uh, we want. Blaise Pascal, who's another theologian, says, God has instituted prayer so as to confer on his creatures the dignity of being causes. So he wants to draw us into that creator space like he's he's the creator and he says I've made you in my image I want you to also go and create and I want you to be involved in this kingdom I don't want you to be just lowly subjects I want you to be with me in this kingdom helping to lead it and make decisions with me calls us princes and princesses in his kingdom so Yahweh is knowable. he's not just an an unknowable L deity thing he is moved by you And the question is, how are you moved by him? So the best outcome, as far as I'm concerned, for this series and of this talk uh, is that we know Yahweh on a more relational level than we did before. That we get to know his character, what he's like, the sort of things he's passionate about, and that we talk to him more. Um, The worst outcome, I think, of this talk in this series is that you would go, well, that was quite interesting. Luke stood up and spoke. It was mildly amusing. uh, And he used some Hebrew words, which he basically just copied out of someone else's research. Um, And It led me to be feeling pretty bad every time I use the word God. Uh, And so every time I say God, I think, oh no, I mean actually the Father or Yahweh or Yahweh or whatever. Like, that's like the worst outcome, isn't it? Like, that's just not going to help us as a community. So we've got to have grace because honestly, we will will find ourselves going God and then going, oh, (laughs) but like, what it's got to do is lead us towards wanting to know the person. Um, of Yahweh more, in the person of Jesus as well. Okay, so I'd love you to chat to the person next to you, if that's okay, and uh, there's two questions which might help you to discuss this. Is what stood out to you from what I said, and what will you remember? Is there anything that um, that you thought, ah, oh, that was new for me, or perhaps you've heard all of that before, um, but it was a good reminder, or something like that. So what's the thing that stood out to you, and what will you remember?